do you think we should have started with our happy things <laughs> so no one turned off the episode like these fucking girls <laughs> telling me i can't fucking eat my <laughs> goddamn chips <laughs> can't off. go to a restaurant without poisoning myself <laughs> canceled <laughs> I'm so excited for today. Me too. And scared. Feeling scared, feeling excited. Feeling explorative. I think that's my word for today. Wow. That's a great word. I'm looking forward to learning some things from you. I'm looking forward to learning from you. Oh, how cute. Unfortunately, (laughs) we did not coordinate our outfits for today. And you are in a floor length gown. Okay, I am in a sweatshirt. Let's take it down a notch. That's a bit aggressive. I want to defend my piece. Uh huh. Um, it's a lounge dress, is what it's genuinely marketed as on the website. Right. Uh, Skims. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with the brand. Super small uh, micro influencer Kim Kardashian. Up and comer. Yeah, she's breaking through recently and. Yeah. She literally markets it as pajamas. Right. Right. For lounging. I don't know that Kim Kardashian's definition of loungewear aligns with that of the rest of us. Um, But I hear you. It's a jersey material. It's pretty soft and comfy. Right. It's okay. I mean, all this is coming from me feeling insecure about the fact that I'm in a dog hair covered sweatshirt. We've got that in common, at least. Okay. Yeah. Chiefy's hair is all over us right now. Um, probably the most important thing for today is a major disclaimer for the people. So the podcast is Friends with Health Benefits. And so we're going to talk a lot about health. That being said, you and I, Kate, are not doctors. Nor healthcare professionals. Nor scientists by any stretch of the imagination. We are simply... Two girls, girlies, trying to remain healthy while living a balanced life and having fun whilst existing within a food and pharmaceutical and healthcare system that is actively poisoning us. Whilst. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. Let's harp back on the word explorative. We're just learning. We are. We're learning, we're sharing, we're figuring out things in our lives that should be avoided and things that should be introduced and or focused on. 100%. Couldn't have worded it better. And that's it. So what are you going to teach me about today? So today, okay, this year, maybe two years, I've really honed in on the health aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. I was never necessarily unhealthy. I would say maybe a little for a stint. I don't know. We all are kids, you know, at some point. But I just wanted to understand some of the symptoms I was feeling. Nothing crazy, just fatigue, you know. Brain fog. Brain fog, bloat, whatever. Things that we live with every day that we just assume is part of living. Mm -hmm. I was wanting to dig a little bit deeper. And overarchingly I think the number one thing that came up like with everything that I was like google searching I'm talking very surface level searches right was gut health Mm. and I knew zero about it yeah 
this is like about a year ago. I knew almost nothing about it. Yeah. Did you know anything about it a couple years ago? A couple years ago, no. Gut health is not something. Well, I also feel like it's very in vogue right now. Like it's a lot of people are talking about it. However, it's astounding to me that it's not something that we're taught about as a baseline understanding of our own bodies now that I'm aware of its power. Right. Like the thing that was almost the most alarming to me was that the the amount that it was coming up, either in the health podcast that I just threw on on my way to school or when I Google search, you know, was that in an actual doctor's office sitting down with a healthcare professional mm-hmm. it had never come up once before in my 21 years of life. Right. A little bit disconcerting. Yeah. Astounding. Well, neither right? does nutrition. Right. Which I don't know if you've spoken to your dad about this. Have you talked to your dad about like the ophthalmic surgeon? Yeah. Well, I know, but he went to med school. (laughs) Like, I'm just curious. And I've heard a lot of doctors explain how like nutrition is not a focus in med school. Yeah. I don't think it was at least when he was in med school. Right. Even though food is medicine medicine or poison. Right. Which we'll get into later. Yeah. Can't wait. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Gut health. And I'm obviously not a doctor. The article or one of my favorite articles that I recommend you guys reading if your imagination is sparked by this topic as well is the John Hopkins, the brain gut connection. Mm. It's crazy. You will learn some statistics in there that you literally are think are made up. So this was on kind of the back burner of my mind the last year. And I listened to a podcast by my Lord and Savior, Andrew Huberman. <laughs> All of our Lord and Saviors. Founding I'm going to start calling him Andy just to break that barrier. Right. Of, like he's going to come on the podcast one day. He is. Obviously. And we're going to have, we're going to establish that like a friendship. chill friendship. For energy. sure. Definitely. So yeah, Andy was talking about it in his episode about how to enhance your gut microbiome for brain and overall health episode great episode another plug <laughs> give it a listen but he explains that the gut microbiome is essentially the like breeding ground for the health of your like being so it starts inside in the depths of the gut. gut it's important and obviously I'm not going to give like tips on how to achieve the perfect gut microbiome because right. I don't have those right but what I wanted to talk about was the connection it has with your brain mm. because those are just facts that I can share with the class. So the gut has the same nervous system cells in it that are in your brain. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for example, there was a study, this is in the John Hopkins article that Doctors prescribed their patients with IBS, which I don't know if you guys know what IBS is, but it's a, it's a tricky, <laughs> if you're diagnos- not familiar, <laughs> tricky diagnosis, count your blessings to live with, but they prescribed their patients with antidepressants who were not depressed or clinically diagnosed as depressed. Right. And they're like, I'm not depressed. They know that they aren't, but the same effect that it would have on someone who was clinically depressed chemical in their brain had the same effect on the cells in the gut, like in a calming manner. Hmm. So it 
relieved some of the IBS symptoms because right. it just calmed down that area in their body. Crazy. So to tie it in with what you're saying about nutrition is like we're eating so many things that are disrupting our gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. It's affecting our brains mm-hmm. and our mental health. Yeah. Which blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's where the whole situation comes. Like when people talk about brain fog and stuff and they talk about lack of energy and everything else. And so much of it comes from the fact that our gut is not doing its job properly, either because of lack of diversity in the microbiome or because of constant low grade inflammation or whatever it is. And it literally affects everything else. Yeah. So like I said, with I went my 21 years of life without a single doctor bringing up my gut health until our bestie, Rachel Baxter, recommended me to go to Magnolia Wellness in Costa Mesa. She's a naturopath doctor. And she brought up my gut health was like one of the first things she brought up. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to a naturopath, they kind of ask you to like walk them through a typical day of eating. Right. And on that particular day which pause why doesn't every doctor ask you that question like you go in for a regular checkup and you're like I have all these especially if they're those issues like bloating I mean obviously like we're finding out there's connections with everything else but if you're having bloating issues like bathroom issues etc how is it not the first question that's asked it's it's just here's a pill right so she asks me, and on that particular day, I just so happened to have had like two Celsiuses, which is abnormal mm-hmm. for me. But she was alarmed. She stopped like I stopped my full day of eating to her. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, no, what's happening? And she's like, in Celsius, there's sucralose, Ugh. which has been attached to changing your gut microbiome because it literally lowers the number of good bacteria in your gut by nearly half whoa so you know how they say or some people that are in the gut health realm right say that oh i, I never take antibiotics because right. it'll kill all the good bacteria right right and i'm like well how many celsius do you drink a week because you're doing just that with whoa. your sucralose whoa and pause I'm not like anti-antibiotic. I'm not either. Like Uh, modern medicine is crucial for many things. I think that's an important disclaimer as well. I love a (laughs) Z-pack. However. Pop those babies. However, there are side effects that we're not taught about and that, and you can counter them. Like if you need to take antibiotics, there are things that you can do to help reduce the side effects on your gut. Totally. And And everything else. And I'm not saying like, go like, go find an alternative to antibiotics. I'm saying might as well find alternatives for the things you consume every day rather yes. than the alternative for something you might need one to two times a year. Right. Yep. Because those are obviously going to have more long-term effects if you're using them over a prolonged period of time. Yeah. So she, my naturopath, yes. really opened my eyes to that. I just think that this is the year of gut health for me, honestly. I love that for you. And I'm welcoming all of you to join on the bandwagon. Join. But like you said... With the lack of diversity, mm-hmm. sometimes that's not as easy to implement, especially because of our farming in the U.S. Oh, boy. Do you want to hear something crazy? I want to hear about the farming. But yeah. can I tell you something crazy that... Okay. So badly. They did this study, and it was on like immigrants coming from third world countries. 
into the United States. And they did a study on the diversity in their gut microbiome. Within three months of moving to the United States, there was a clinically significant and statistically significant reduction in the diversity of their gut microbiome because of the food that they were eating in the United States. Absurd, but not surprising. Just absurd. Just absurd. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I... But tell me why. Okay. So, obviously, our climate's in disarray, you know? We have no more land really available to start new farms, but the soil that we do currently farm on in the U.S. is completely depleted. People preach, like, get a variety of fruits and vegetables in your diet, but now those fruits and vegetables are at, I forget the exact percentage, but they're at a significantly lower, like, mineral, vitamin, and nutrient count. So even the good things that that we're supposed to eat to support diversity or healthy gut, they're even lower quality. Right, right. And that's what's so frustrating. And like, that's why I don't blame people. Whenever I talk about this stuff with friends or family that are not super interested in it, the response I always get is like, well, nothing's good for you anymore. So like, who cares? Like, just do whatever. And I understand that thought process because like, you're sitting here telling me that the fruits and vegetables that I'm eating aren't actually as nutritious as I think they are. And like, you have to even go above and beyond. Like, you can't live in America and be lackadaisical about your food. Right. Like, you can't just go about and like, think that you're Unless doing it right. Unless you farm your own farm, like food. Right. Because there is hope. I'm not a gloomsday person. This might all sound very negative, but regenerative farming is the answer. Yeah, it is. And people know that. And there are local ones yeah, all course. over the place. Of course. Yeah. If if you know that your food's coming from a regenerative farm. And honestly, I think there will, there's going to have to be a shift to regenerative farming. Right. Just because we don't have room. Right. Anymore. We've maxed out our earth. But with, to wrap it up full circle, with, you know the decrease in nutrient mineral vitamins and the fruits and vegetables or the, just the produce in general we'll have to supplement to mm. ensure that our we're getting our minerals in our guts right okay and one of my favorite things in the whole world <laughs> yes is symbiotica's shilajit yes and it's called their liquid gold it's a little black tar is what i it, it does looks look like, like black tar to me yeah and it contains 84 and plus minerals that promote healthy bodily function that we just simply don't get anymore because we've completely depleted depleted our soil. soil. So we just don't get them. So that's another positive is it's so expensive, but it has lasted me like three months. That's great. And if you're looking for something to supplement with that's a great one symbiotic Shervin is the owner and he's on a bunch of podcasts and he talks about it much more eloquently than I ever will right yeah so what do you want to teach me today well I would be remiss if I did not focus our first duo episode on this topic because if you are someone in my life that is ever around me while eating or even not just if the subject comes up then you've likely heard me talk about seed oils, vegetable oils, hydrogenated oils, etc. Yes. And you talked a little bit about um like what got you interested in all of this stuff and for me 
I think it was a little bit different. I don't even think I realized how many symptoms I was living with at the time. Like I just thought, like you said, everything was normal. Like I thought it was normal that I had constant bloating. I thought it was normal that like I never was regular. I thought it was normal that like my energy would fade and all of those things. Um, But the biggest thing for me is like seeing people in my family start to age and just realizing that like obviously due to modern medicine and just like our daily lives and everything else people are living longer and that doesn't necessarily mean just because our lifespan is increasing does not mean that our years of healthy living are increasing so I'm like seeing all these people in my family dealing with chronic disease dealing with chronic pain like not able to move their bodies in ways that I would hope to be able to at their age And I just started getting really interested in this idea of health span. So like lifespan is the number of years that you have alive. Health span is the number of healthy years that you have. And then the rest of it is essentially like disease span. Like once you start developing these, many of these diseases, they just start to compound on one another. And then you're dealing with all of that pain and everything else. And as I was like starting to look into this and like, how do you increase your health span? How do you increase your longevity and everything else? One of the biggest things, as you said, like as you're researching this, it's like gut, 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 gut. It was seed oils. The devil. They're crazy. They're the devil. Yeah. So let me tell you a fun story about seed oils. And when I'm talking about seed oils, vegetable oils, I'm talking essentially about like cottonseed oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, vegetable oil, canola oil, grapeseed, grapeseed, rapeseed. I don't even know what plant that comes from. Rice bran oil. That's what's used in Chipotle. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the last time I ate at Chipotle. I don't go there anymore. It's a huge bummer. For that for specific everyone reason. Else. But anyway, like a short history on these oils. First of all, they're absolutely disgusting. Initially, these oils, cottonseed oil, was used as a lubricant for machines. So it was... <laughs> oh my... I, my jaw just dropped. Sorry. <laughs> as a lubricant for machines. And then, like fast forward, late 1800s, early 1900s, there was an economic recession in all across the United States, but it hit Cincinnati very hard. So there were these two uh, brothers-in-law. So they were married to like a set of sisters and they each had their own company. And one was a candle making company. One was a soap making company. And they like hit this recession. Both of their companies were struggling. They decided to come together um, and like find ways to cut costs and everything else. And so they started they took this like major risk. They were the first company. Oh, by the way, it's Procter and Gamble. So like still very prevalent. Okay. Wow. Um, they just, they were the first company that started essentially selling individually sold and wrapped soap. So up until this point, early 1900s, soap was sold in like giant blocks, like a giant block of soap would be taken to a store and people would literally like cut their soap off of the giant block of soap oh my god I had no idea which like think about the reduction of waste like think about individually wrapped soap and bottles and body wash and everything else so they decided to take a risk and they're like what about individually wrapped soap so they start mass producing individual soap however they had to cut cost in order to do this and they could no longer afford the animal fat that is needed in soap and detergent and candles and like a lot of other things. And they found that this cottonseed oil could be used as a cheap alternative in their soap to create this. 
eventually they found that they could sell this oil, that they could continue to process it, refine it, hydrogenate it, and use it as a an alternative to animal fat in food. So it's just chemicals. It's basically just, I mean, it does come from these things, from sunflowers, from uh, from cottonseed, from soy, from all of the things. But it's expelled down, so... Well, so that's the thing. Like, talk about lack of nutrients. Like, these the calories that you get from these refined hydro- hydrogenated oils are essentially empty. So they're extremely high in fat, but you're not getting any nutrients from them because of the refinement process. And it's funny that you said that Sheila Jeet looks like black tar because originally, like, when you first start refining these oils, they look like black tar. They smell rancid. They're absolutely disgusting. Like, nobody if they like walked by it in it's like early stages of refinement would even think about eating these oils. They have to do, they have to bleach it, deodorize it, refine it, hydrogenate it oh just for God. them to look how they look in a bottle versus in olive oil and avocado oil, like olives, avocados produce a lot of oil on their own. So like the process of getting oil from those sources is completely different, which we'll talk about. Okay. But the anyway, story is crazy. That's the history. They, it's in my mind right now. All I can think of, like, it is soap. Like, why <laughs> would we ever think to put it in your body? Yeah, I don't because it's cheap. Yeah. So that's the thing. Is like I talk sometimes about the food industry as if they're like purposely poisoning us. They're out to make money. You know, which in part is just, yeah, they know what they're doing. Right. And they poison us in the process and that's fine. But I don't think anybody's like, personally, I don't think anyone's like sitting in an office somewhere. Like, how can we poison America? Let's kill them all. Right. They need us to buy it. They do need us to buy it. So anyway, it's a cheaper alternative. It started becoming more and more prevalent in our food. And actually talk about marketing. doesn't matter what it's marketed as. You're wearing a gown. I'm wearing a gown, (laughs) but I'm calling it pajamas. Exactly. It was marketed like Crisco at the beginning as heart healthy, as a heart healthy alternative to animal fats. And so then they started making margarine. So I can't believe it's not butter. Like, And it was marketed as a heart healthy food when in reality, it's like the furthest thing from the truth. It's been, yeah, it's been tied to increases in blood pressure and heart disease and cancer. It's a full blown carcinogen all of these oils. Yeah. And it's like just now in recent years that they're like really figuring this out. Weren't hydro, you might not know the answer to this, but weren't hydrogenated oils recently put on the carcinogenic list? Yes. And, and a few years ago, there was more regulation that was passed and implemented to change the refinement process of some of these oils. But ultimately like they're still, rancid oils that are very susceptible to oxidation which we're going to talk about a little bit so essentially like and again I am not a doctor (laughs) can't stress it enough (laughs) cannot say that enough times and so I'm sure there's a lot of this science that like definitely we can go deeper into organic chemistry there are people that can go deeper into organic chemistry deep right now than I can but essentially these are polyunsaturated fats and what that means is so like a monounsaturated fat has a single double bond polyunsaturated has multiple double bonds so essentially when there's more double 
bonds in a substance, it's more susceptible to oxidation. And in that process, it's like creating toxins. And the crazy thing about these oils is it's oxidized during refinement. So by the time it hits grocery store shelves, it's already been oxidized. And then you heat it and it's already been heated through the refinement process. So you heat it up again while you're cooking or doing whatever it is that you're doing. It's further oxidized. And then it goes into your body and talking about the gut while it's in your gut, it's further oxidized, which essentially is just like leaving them open, like these free radicals open to toxins and then create toxins in your body. And so ultimately, like the outcome of all of these things is chronic low-grade inflammation, which I think like that's something we should probably talk about on another episode, inflammation, because I feel like when people hear the word inflammation, they think of like a few specific things. They think physical attributes that you can see from the outside. Exactly. Yeah. So like puffiness in your face from like a night of drinking or like too much sodium or whatever, or like you have an injury and like it becomes inflamed because like of the healing process and all of that. But like you have, all of us have low grade inflammation within ourselves all of the time. And ultimately that's what ends up leading to chronic disease. And so these seed oils do that to us constantly. And something that's like important to know is that like these omega-6 fatty acids and polyunsaturated fats in general, linoleic acid, all of the things that you find in seed oils, they are crucial. Like they are essential. Our body, our body doesn't synthesize those substances on their own. So we do need to consume them. But the rate at which we're consuming them is absolutely insane. It's not necessarily that like you have to cut all of this, although I try very hard to. Um, it's it's just that we shouldn't be consuming these things at the rate that we are. And this kind of like goes to the idea that you and I have talked about, about evolutionary mismatch. Oh boy. Yeah. Which I could talk. We'll do another episode on that. But essentially like we shouldn't be consuming these substances, sunflower, safflower, corn, all of these things at the rate that we are. And we're getting them in this substance that's completely devoid of nutrients. And that is causing constant inflammation in our bodies. It's like ripping our gut apart. It is, it is reducing our cells ability to create energy. It, there was, um, in a toxicology report study and in a journal of clinical nutrition, they found that the blood vessels around your heart become less adept at opening and closing because of these which then leads to blood pressure problems heart and disease. like heart disease yeah and so it's just like astounding to me however i don't want to be miss doomsday either i know and this one's hard like vegetable and seed oils are really hard however i will say cutting them from my diet and there's a caveat to that which is when you eat out at restaurants you essentially cannot avoid that i was going to bring this up with when you said how cheap they were yep because the restaurant industry let's let's zoom out a little bit is like so hard to make a profit on oh yeah because it just is virtually like you have more staff than you ever can pay and and to make money yeah so these restaurants are obviously going to use the cheapest oils. I mean, everything is cooked in oil. Unless you order a raw salad, there's oil in your meal. 100%. And a lot of it. 100%. So it's hard because those restaurants, there's, you know, the handful here and there, especially right. in Orange County that are like, we, they'll claim it. Like we don't, we're an all natural organic restaurant. Then right. you can probably count on them using avocado or oil. Right. Or olive oil. Right. But you can't escape it. And these restaurants can't help but use it right because it's so cheap yeah well it's a crucial ingredient for essentially like you said everything 
if they have big fryers that are going all day like oh my gosh they need oil right. and a lot of it right it's yeah. so hard to think about no and it's yeah and it's not like restaurant owners fault i mean like you said it's no, so need, hard to make money in that industry they need the cheapest option right like just to stay open right and so essentially if you're going to a restaurant unless like kate said like they specifically say we don't use any of these products or oils and even then i'll talk to you about how they get you with olive oil shoot you really have to read the label expeller pressed well it has to be single origin and on the back it'll straight up tell like you can see a bottle that says extra virgin olive oil and then you flip it over and it says ingredients olive oil canola oil vegetable oil they cut it with this stuff because it's cheap yeah it's cheaper to do it this way but anyway um so essentially kind of how I do it in my life is like I don't really think about it when I go to restaurants like it is what it is it's going to be in my food fine but I'm very strict about it at at home yeah so essentially if you like look in your pantry and you look at any processed food that you have unless you're only buying siete chips god bless them yeah. there's going to be some kind of seed or vegetable oil in there. And it does take a lot of effort in looking at these labels and everything else to make sure that you're avoiding it. And that's not to say like you can't have any of it or anything like that. It's just like something to be aware of. When you first told me about it, it was probably like six months ago, I think. And I did just what you said. I went into the pantry and into the fridge, actually, where I thought all my stuff was fresh and <laughs> not touched by the devil and check your milks is oh something my gosh that i have to say because you think milk it's sing it's like from one single thing my almonds like these are just my juiced almonds in my jug right nope no there's palm oil in there yeah and a lot of it yeah a lot of it it's the first or second ingredient tell me what obama taught you about palm oil oh my god i literally can't think of it so this is just specific to this town in Indonesia, but I'm sure it's run rampant throughout the world since the recording and probably long before the recording. But our great national parks is Obama's newest special on Netflix where he narrates his visits to national parks all around the world. Right. And in the Indonesian episode, they've been severely hit with deforestation, mm-hmm. but they're in the process of, you know, growing back their forest, protecting their wildlife, etc. And he went to a town where they have ripped down so much forest and they and he asked them what it was for, right? Like mm-hmm. what are you farming? The only the sole product out of Indonesia right now is palm leaves. Mm. And he's like, "Interesting, right?" What do you eat that's like a palm leaf? Right. No. It's you're not eating it. No. Whole. They're selling it to make palm oil. Yep. Because palm oil is in everything. Literally in everything. And it is the cheapest yep. thing. And it's the quickest buck that these farmers can make who they just are trying to make money and right. survive over right. there. Right. It's very corrupt system. Yeah. No. And in part, they're tearing down all of this wildlife killing the animals yep killing our planet yeah in turn yeah it's a horrible system i can't think about it for too long right i think you told me a football field a day a football field a day yeah 
That's crazy. And that's in this one town. That was literally... So Indonesia is a colony of islands. Right. So, yeah. Literally on this one island, they only make palm leaves. Right. To sell to the factories that make palm oil. Right. That are then going to burn it, refine it, bleach it, deodorize it, Which, dye it. if we're zooming out one more time on this grand problem... Yeah. I'm sure the factories that burn it aren't doing great things for oh. our planet either. Right. Yeah. No. Well, don't get me started on the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> so sorry. We'll be here all day. I didn't mean to scratch that itch. Sorry. Yikes. And we can even go back and talk about the Agricultural Revolution because that was the beginning yeah. of the end. Right. But it's fine. Well, we wouldn't be making this podcast here. That's true. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, many of the privileges and benefits of life that we get to experience are due to those two things. However, they could have aged more gracefully. Yeah. Let's say that. We could have done it more responsibly. Anyway, what I would recommend is, and again, not a doctor, so I don't recommend. I'm just going to share with you what I do. I let it be at restaurants. I enjoy my life. I find balance in that. I like to eat out and it is what it is. At home, I do not cook with any of those oils. I avoid processed foods as much as I can. But when I do buy processed foods, I read the label religiously. Siete is one of my favorite food brands ever. Um, Their stuff is so great. They don't use any of these seed or hydrogenated oils. They're also all gluten-free. They're just a great brand. Um, They also are great people. Great people, family owned. They like did it for their daughter that has a lot of different reactions to different food allergies and, and things like that. Um, and they all like adopted this and and it was difficult. Like they're a Hispanic family that relied heavily on like corn flour, on regular flour, on a lot of different things, lard and um and they adjusted everything and then created this brand as a result. So they're awesome. Big Siete fan. Maybe they'll sponsor Maybe. my podcast one day. And also They did respond to my DM one time. Really? not to you know that is so fun i'm a huge fan of siete yeah but i anyway. told you that remember and then they sent us that box of chips yes they did it for rachel too so sweet yeah like a massive box like more than we could have ever eaten so anyway ultimately it's not that you can't consume any of these things at all it's just that the ratio the rate at which we are consuming them is far too high and it can get overwhelming it's in a lot of stuff it's just something to be aware of and know that it probably shouldn't be 30% of your diet, that like 30% of your diet shouldn't be coming from empty calories, de- completely devoid of nutrients that cause, I mean, heart disease, cancer. The list goes on. Kidney disease, leaky gut, all the things. So, yeah, but olive oil, avocado oil, much, much better. Um, and it has a lot to do with the, the temperature at which they, the temperature they're able to withstand without having that full oxidative process. Um, but just make sure you read the label because it might not actually be olive oil. That was news to me actually when you mentioned that. I had no idea. Yeah. But I think my olive oil is good. I would imagine you buy good olive oil. You strike me. You're wearing my gown. gown. (laughs) My gown really reads. She buys the good olive oil. She does. That's, yeah, that's me. Single origin, organic. Yeah. Huge olive oil consumer. Yeah. But I think, yeah, take it one day at a time. I always think 1% better every day. So just if you can 
take out 1% of your vegetable oil, you're better. Right. And just keep it rolling. Yep. Keep moving. So anyways, quick segue. The second thing that I wanted to talk about today with you was something that I know you're familiar with. Great. Because we both frequent the gym, Moxie. We sure do. And I'll Uh, be honest, the first maybe a year that you guys were open, I don't think I did a single restore. Whoa. I might have done one when I was working front desk and Gino needed to teach people how to do the cryotherapy. And I am scarred and I have mild trauma from that. From cryo? Yeah. I really don't like cold. Right. And I know you also feel the same way as me. I do. But that was maybe the only thing I did for about a year. Wow. So I hadn't really, you know, dove into the whole restore section of right. moxie which was kind of shocking considering the amount of time that i had spent there right but my introduction was the sauna mm. and i kind of went into it i obviously i heard andrew huberman talk about it because he preaches the heat and cold exposure therapy sure does. which is where you do them both in unison and it's like stimulates a cellular turnover and I recently did it at an actual spa that had a cold plunge. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Yes. So I went to the montage spa for our anniversary and we were like huge spa people. So we were like really excited, even yeah. though we're separated because <laughs> it's like by gender. Right. <laughs> so, which, no, I, I didn't think we thought that through. We knew we would be separated, but it's yeah. fine. And they had a cold plunge um like a warm hot tub and then a sauna and a mm-hmm. steam room but I was most excited because my whole plan was we were going to do like an hour of like whatever we wanted and like meet mm-hmm. back up out in the common area great so my plan was to do 15 minute sauna two minute cold plunge 15 minute sauna two minute cold plunge wow okay and the cold plunge was 60 no 60 degrees I think okay Actually, I don't know. It might have been 55 because the woman said it was five degrees colder than the 60 degree ocean. Got it. That math would check out. So I did that. Super fun. But that was, is what Andrew Huberman promotes. Yes. Like when he speaks on heat therapy, he normally does it in combination with his cold exposure. Right. But we can't all be like Andrew all the time. We unfo- can't. Unfortunately. No. But at Moxie, I guess you technically could. But I found the sauna. I think like eight or nine months ago and I do 45 minutes. I set it to 175, but I think there must be a cap because I've never experienced a full 175. That is what I set it at, but I do do the full 45 minutes and now I've like trained my body to stay in there. No door. That is so impressive. I know. I can't do that. I don't think so. I haven't I guess now I, I saw it on Saturday. I used to saw it three times a week. Yeah. You were a regular. I was a regular. I've fallen off a bit. But when I first started, I started doing my due diligence research. And there's three main things that kind of got me hooked as benefits of it. And it was increased blood circulation, pain relief, and detoxification. And the increased blood circulation, I think, is really important because... Even if you do, I mean, some jobs and lifestyles are more active than others, but even if you do like a 45 minute workout, you're not 
necessarily of course you're an active person but you're not active throughout your day so your blood pools and obviously people that work at like nine to five real life desk jobs, right? Their blood is really pooling, but proper blood circulation helps with so many things like your energy, your brain health and your gut health, obviously. Mm-hmm. And just overall like organ function, which I feel like is not talked about very much because <laughs> we sit for so many hours a day. You don't really, I guess. No, I do. You do. I sit quite a bit. But some of those like guys at the gym, like. They're running around. They're running around. And that's so good for yeah. their overall bodily function. So the sauna basically, I guess it triggers it to speed up a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it has a prolonged release. Mm. So it'll continue, like your blood will continue to like properly circulate hours after, like maybe even a day after. Interesting. So that's really cool. And also that's really good for muscle recovery. Yes. So a lot of people do Normatec, which is amazing. but. Right. To tie in to what you were saying about cardiovascular health and function and immune function, the sauna is amazing because anytime you're heating up your body and you're like energizing your cells and that promotes cellular turnover. So Mm. they say it's like detoxification, obviously, because you're sweating. Right. But it's not in like... The fad, like, cleanse, detoxification. Like, go in there and lose three pounds. No, no, no. Not at all. It's detoxifying your blood and your cellular turnover. Oh, yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. Literally within your fat cells. Talk about seed oils. They are stuck in adipose fat tissue. And being in an infrared sauna, because it gets as hot as it does and your body has to regulate it as much as it does, it, like, gets deep in those cells and is able to flush that. I mean, they still, the half-life of that stuff is very long time and it's stuck in there, but you can definitely expedite it with things like sauna. Yeah, 100%. And even for healthy people, maybe like you, who don't consume as much vegetable oil. As much. It's super good for your body, just in general. Mm -hmm. And... It's sometimes tied to vanity, I think, where it's like, oh, go in and like sweat it out. Right. But there's a lot more going on inside that. Your skin does look great. Wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I think there's a lot more going on than a lot of people don't give it credit for. Yeah. But something that I've also found is it's built a lot of mental stamina. Wow. Yes. Tell me more. Because I, my first sauna that I can remember that was this year, I went to Perspire. I cheated. Wait, what? I know. It was random. It was because Gerardo wanted to go and theirs are a little bit bigger. So you can go twosies. (laughs) We only went once, but Moxie was booked. I'm shook. I know. So, okay. So we went there and I opened the door minimum 10 times left it open multiple times was pouring my water bottle on my body yeah just because I couldn't take it yeah but now I've learned and Andrew Huberman actually talks about it too being able to put your body through physical stressors Mm -hmm. actually teaches your body to handle the stress and anxiety of life yep in the outside when it's triggered and you don't know it's coming right so with the sauna you know it's coming and you're teaching yourself like Mm -hmm. I can handle this right you can withstand that and especially in the cold Mm. because it's I think it's harder oh yeah me too that's my I think it's different for everybody but it might be a personal yeah (laughs) but it's 
such a shock to the system. Yeah. That I've found. Yeah. The like mental fortitude aspect of it is huge. And I feel like it's, I mean, it's the same thing with working out. Like once you feel your body start to fatigue and you want to quit, if you quit every time, like you're habituating that, like as soon as you feel that like kind of pain, you're just like, you automatically like, okay, I'm done. Or like, I can't do anymore when like, you probably could, like you probably could have a couple reps left in you. You probably could stay in the sauna for a few more minutes. But if you're just like always doing that, as soon as you get like the first sign of discomfort or whatever, and you're just like popping out, it's the same thing with life. Like if you're not able to withstand physical discomfort, then how do you in a healthy way withstand? emotional or psychological or whatever any other kind of stressors yeah for sure and it's funny that you brought up working out because actually because I started sauning and I know it's 45 minutes I'll think of it like if it's a tough spin class I'll be like Kate you literally sat in 165 degrees for this long you You can can do do a spin class like you can I know you can and it's like given me something to tell myself I've done this so I can do that right which is really, I think that's pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So I really like it. And of course, there is the beauty part of it. Like your skin really does glow. Right. And it is anti-aging. It is. People in the Icelandic um, countries. Oh, don't get me started on Iceland. Yeah. I so, got to stop saying don't get me started. <laughs> so they, they <clears throat> saunaing is a part of their culture. Yeah. And it's actually like very communal. Mm-hmm. So they do it in groups. They do the dry sauna, which... The studies are, they have to be like inherently different from the infrared. So we can't directly compare the Moxie sauna to their saunas, but the aging results are crazy. Just purely off vanity's eye, like what the eye can see. Yep. It's wild. And then on top of it, the studies that they've done in the reduction of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, like talk about brain gut connection and brain body connection in general, like the time that they spend in saunas and they did this huge study with a bunch of like Icelandic men from the ages. I'm not going to get it exactly right, but it was like in like 50 to 70 or something like that. And those that were saunaing regularly had a massive reduction in all of those memory related and brain degenerative diseases. It's the cellular turnover. It is. I'm telling you. It is. It helps. I mean, they've done studies. It helps with people with major depressive disorder, reduces their depression symptoms. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. So my dad's like a super geeky biologist (laughs) and I like didn't understand. This is like very, or what I presume is pretty common knowledge. Like your body is entirely made of cells. Every part of you, like even your skin, like Mm -hmm. it's all cells. That's why it flakes off. Mm -hmm. So when you do something that promotes just baseline cellular rejuvenation, I can't stop saying it, but it's so great. It's like a very cool science that you can do like a science experiment on your body. Yeah. It goes to every level. So it's your skin will look beautiful and glow because you're literally turning over skin cells. Well, but in addition, your brain is entirely made up of cells. Reheart, like regenerate. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So got to hop in a sauna, guys. Yeah. Sauna is it. It's it really hits every marker for me. Yeah. Like it's a personal goal. It's a personal goal. Like I set goals. How long? How hot? How often? How often? But it also does a ton of super cool stuff for your body. That's cool. Can't stress it enough. Well, I think my my equivalent good thing, because we're not doomsdayers, and there are great things in this world of ours. Do you think we should have started with our happy things (laughs) so no one turned off the episode like these fucking 
fucking girls. <laughs> Telling me I can't fucking eat my goddamn <laughs> chips. <laughs> can't Off. go to a restaurant without poisoning myself. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> no, this is good. We're ending on light notes. We are. We are. No, I think this is good. So I would like to talk about breath work. Um, I'm a big fan of breath work, as you know. So when I'm like talking about breath work, which is so interesting, I talk about it as if it's something that everyone knows. And then I do, too. And it's a huge problem. It is a problem because then people are like, what do you mean? Like you go there and you just breathe. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I d- we recently did. Um, I brought it up to someone and they thought it, I had um, I've had COVID actually a few times, but it was after I had COVID and they thought it was for like lung health. Oh, and they were like, I mean, it c- it is. No, it, no, it, it's a, but right. But they were like, wow are you okay and i was like oh sorry <laughs> i've got long haul covid it's not funny for- it's not funny but i forgot to specify just in case they hadn't heard of like right. therapeutic breath work right yeah we recently uh partnered with girls inc which is this nonprofit out here and we did like a wellness series with the kids in the program and one of the one of the days was about breath work and so i'm like asking the kids about like breath and like all these things and like when they feel stressed out when they feel sad and da 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 and this kid was like and i talked about breath work and how like we can control our breath and we can use our breath and da 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 and he's like all of us know how to breathe stop <laughs> like okay i'm so sorry i'm just going to go home let me just explain this further it was like really he got me in the gut but Anyway, the gut, my healthy gut, somewhat healthy, he probably not it. the healthiest, <laughs> probably not. but I'm doing my best, Obviously. probably not my best, but I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm balanced. I know at least. Right. I try. Um, but anyway, breath work, when we talk about breath work, we're talking about like specifically I'm talking about holotropic breath work, which is like a very specific form of essentially a controlled hyperventilation where and and you can do it like at different cadences and and different repetitions and things like that but it's a way to control your breath um so that like you're being very intentional about the oxygenation of your brain of your blood of everything else and so there have been and there are like a lot of benefits to this that I think are like more emotional psychological that I'm not really going to talk about today um although I think it's worth mentioning that like there are these like crazy mind body connections when it comes to breath work where like you can tap into these like crazy childhood memories that you have been suppressing (laughs) forever and like in breath work the I mean I'll just speak for myself like the clearest vision of my childhood will pop up and I'm like how did I forget that that happened? Like in such detail, like there's these memories stored in your brain and your body, like everywhere that you just don't, I mean, whether you're suppressing them because your brain's protecting you from trauma or whatever else, or you're just don't remember because we don't have the capacity to remember everything. Like it's incredible what breath work can do it's, in that way. It's also crazy when you do it with people And maybe people that you're connected to in your life, because I'm convinced that when you're in that room, you and someone else in that room that you might know can have the same. Oh, yeah. I don't mean to sound crazy, (laughs) but I think you can have the same like visions. Can I tell you? I told you this story. Oh, we weren't even together. Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, this was crazy. And we won't get into like the eternal stream of consciousness or like universal consciousness today. What is it? The myelin sheath? Yes. I think that that is a real thing. Oh, because when I was in the same room as someone, you lie. Sorry, I totally. That's okay. Mine's probably shorter, but you lie on the ground on your back and 
I was in there and my mom happened to be in there as well. And we were both on our backs and I literally think we were connected because we both sat up and this sounds so weird and it doesn't happen every time, but we were both like tears streaming down our face. And I went up to talk to her after and we had the same exact, (laughs) like down, we were both in Utah, like in our visions. It was it was mind-blowing. That's Continue. so crazy. No, it is crazy. And it does have like this ability to connect people on a different wavelength than we normally are. And whatever. I didn't plan on getting into this side of it because I wanted to focus on the science know, of it shoot. so that people would be turned off. But it's okay. I'm going to tell this quick anecdote. So I have a friend named Shelby. She is just the best thing ever. Um, And she lives in Utah, actually. And she just like the last few years has like really been going through this like amazing awakening process. And like she ended up leaving a marriage that was not working for her, a church that was not working for her, like the entire religion and just all of these things. She left a job that was associated with it. And she's just like really been coming into her own and is like so happy and is dating this great guy and doing all these amazing things. Anyway, I think about her often and I was in breath work and I had like the clearest vision of her. And it was, and I tell you that whole backstory because it's relevant to like what I saw in her. Like she was walking in front of me. We're in Utah. There's like snow and stuff. She's walking in front of me and she has this like beautiful long black hair. And she like turned around and looked at me and it was like literally in slow motion. Her hair just like flew and she just is the most radiant, beautiful thing that you've ever seen. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just like started crying thinking about how happy I am for her that her life is where it's at and like all of these things have changed and like she had like the power and strength to change all of these things and whatever. And so I went up to Nikki, the instructor afterwards, and I was like, oh my God, I had this crazy vision, my friend, da 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 da. And so I told myself that I told myself that when I got home, I was going to text her and just like tell her that I missed her and was thinking about her and whatever. I get home, I'm getting ready for bed. She texts me and I'm like, and we don't text often like we're we're good friends from like childhood and everything but like we don't we're not those kind of friends that kind of like keep in touch via text it's probably like several months between these conversations and she was like oh why were you thinking about me and I start typing the explanation of everything and then she tells me I was in a yoga nidra class which is like very much a breath-based class right I was in a yoga nidra class and I was thinking about you and I was like to my core still shook by this whole situation that like something connected us in that moment otherworldly it really is okay yeah so if that's like if that's not your vibe it doesn't it doesn't mean that breath work is not for you because there are a lot of physical and scientifically proven benefits of it for your general health not just your mental health but anyway um probably most people have heard of the study that they initially did on Wim Hof who is like the father of modern breathwork um and just hilarious they're actually doing a biopic about him i think i recently read whoa yeah which will probably be really good and probably bring breathwork to i mean not the, i mean it's to already greater, to the greater knowledge yeah um but anyway they did this study with him where they basically injected him with this like bacteria that was supposed to make him sick And he and they did a study on other people that were not practicing breath work. And he was like his immune response to it was stronger due to the breath work. They ended up replicating the study with people that studied and practiced under him. So they found that like your immune response can be intentionally improved by breath work. 
They've also found that it has an immediate effect on your cortisol levels, reduces your cortisol levels, which again, going back to low-grade inflammation, cortisol is the hormone related to stress response anxiety. Don't get me started on cortisol. (laughs) Oh boy. That's definitely on one of our next Yeah, you've changed your whole workout split. I've completely changed a lot of things. Yeah. Yep. Caffeine, workouts, all of it. Yeah. Anyways. Well, very important. Breath work is very helpful in reducing your overall cortisol levels, which then leads to lower inflammation in general. Um, another study found that even 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes of breath work has an immediate effect on your blood pressure. People with chronically high blood pressure are able to reduce it through 10 minutes of intentional focused breath work. It also similarly to sauna, and this is not to say like by no means is breath work a replacement for therapy for medications, if that's what you need or anything else. Right. However, they have found that breathwork has the ability to make a significant reduction in depressive symptoms in people with major depressive disorder. And it's just like such a, it's such a powerful thing and something that we always have access to for free. Like you and I were talking about these classes that we take and obviously that's a little bit different, but it's something that you can do on your own anytime and is just this tool that I think a lot of people don't realize they have in improving their day-to-day in general. So breath work. It's just, she's perfect. She's, she is life-changing really. And I've, at least the classes I've done more, most recently are at Moxie, but they're in the night Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the perfect way to go to sleep and I remember one time I challenged myself to not go on my phone after breath work and just try to Mm -hmm. go straight to sleep that was really crazy wow but it was magical I bet Ugh, we should talk about phones I know but that's for another day did you know that I had a breath work coach like I did I did remember I contacted her yeah 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 I remember that yeah but yeah it's I mean, none of the stuff that we said today is in replacement of medical attention. No, 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 no. (laughs) Or actual medications that are necessary. Right. But just, you know, preventative. Right. Things And supplemental. Exactly. Things to be aware of. And things to just make your life better. Right. I feel like like it's just been a silly, goofy year. It has been. Just getting better. Focusing on our health. 1% better every day. Living life. All right. Well, I hope you guys learned something. I hope so, too. I think I learned a lot. So I you did. guys had to have learned yeah. at least one thing. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, All right. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.